Hey, welcome to the Remo Tlale Life and Faith Podcast, a long-form podcast designed to help you thrive in your life as well as in your faith. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Uh, today, I'm not flying solo. Uh, I've got the chief himself, the reverend uh, doctor, hey. the learned colleague, as they say, uh, Mr. Lita Light Miataza, uh, flying with me. And we're actually doing an interview, which is actually really cool. Uh, so first, let me say, Light, what's up, dude? Are you good? Yo, yeah, it's good to be back. I finished my last exam yesterday. Hopefully nice. my last ever exam. Four bits at least. And then, um, but it's good. It's good. Looking yes. forward to more time to myself. I'm really excited for the interview as well. Let's go. Come on. Yeah, we've got um, the, the Honorable Gilbert Kiming, uh, all the way from, from Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, I'm not going to do too much of an intro for you, Gilbert. So I'm going to just say, mm-hmm. uh, Gilbert, welcome to the podcast. And uh, please let the people know who it is that you are. Yeah, Ramon Lita, it's really a joy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Um, Yes, yeah, so letting people know who I am. Uh, so Gilbert Kimang, born in Cameroon, Central Africa, one of those uh, countries where English and, and French are spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, the reverse of Canada. Canada has majority English, minority French. Cameroon has majority French, minority English. Okay. So grew up in Cameroon then left for university studies in Europe, studied engineering in uh, Berlin, Germany. That's where I became a a follower of Christ. Um, Was from a a Catholic religious background, but Mm -hmm. God worked through life circumstances, was diagnosed with cancer while I was a student in Berlin. And God, my encounter with God and the decision to follow Jesus while wrestling with cancer yeah. uh cancer on the bone marrow and the kidney and the liver yeah. so i've spent the past 31 years of my life as a disciple just having the opportunity to give back to thank god yeah um many somebody told me that i've been saved twice i've been saved both spiritually and physically so i've spent the past um i'll say 29 years of my life uh Traveling across the continent, served uh, on the church staff in French-speaking Africa from 94 to 2007. Felt the call to go back to school. I'd interrupted school um, to go uh, work for, for the church in French Africa. Went back to school, earned a degree in public relations. Moved to Nigeria after that, where I'd met my wife, prior to my moving here, moved here, built a relationship, um, got married 11 years ago, oh. and uh, blessed with a wonderful son, five years old, Joseph. Uh, and also, I've had the opportunity to experience both worlds, working on the church staff and working in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And currently, I've uh, been serving for the past five years plus as a traveling teacher visiting an average of eight to 10 countries across Africa on a yearly basis. Wow. 2020 was an exception. But of apart from that, yeah. eight, eight to 10 uh, countries every year. Uh, this year I was in Israel. I was in Benin Republic. I was in South Africa. I was in um, Europe, Germany, France. I was in Cote d'Ivoire. I was in uh, Congo, Kinshasa. That's uh, 
DRC. I was in Angola and I just came back from a trip to the US. So that's how my year has looked like with travel. Wow. Just <laughs> joyful and glad to be here and spend this time with you guys. Come on. No, that's a that's a great introduction. I think it gives people a good yeah. <laughs> a good picture of who it is that you are and, and definitely also why you can weigh in on the topic at hand. Uh, because I think mm-hmm. having worked on church staff and now uh, kind of serving as a, a traveling teacher, but also involved, I know you, you have uh, some business involvement as well. I think there is a, a rich wealth of knowledge uh, that we can dive into. Uh, so just to set us up uh, our conversation a little bit, what we what we wanted to talk through, and, and a lot of people uh, have asked us to discuss this, is, is really uh, theology uh, around work and money and how should we as mm-hmm. people who desire to follow Christ and uh, live lives uh, that, that honor him and, and draw people into his uh, kingdom work, uh, how should we be thinking about uh, those two those two ideas, uh, and then and then why why are there some of the other teachings? You know, there's some ways that people perceive money work uh, that can be unhealthy, uh, and and in some instances not necessarily biblical. So so that's a, that's a yeah. big, big theme at, at uh, the big picture of what it is we want to try to cover here in the next couple of minutes. So we've got a, a lot to dive into and a lot to chew on. Uh, but let me let me open with this question, uh, Gilbert. If you if you had to think about uh, work, what do you feel like is a good biblical theology, uh, a theological framework for us to have around work? Uh, thanks. What a great question. Um, thank you, because yeah, I'll probably be moving back and forth between my previous theology about work okay. and uh-huh. my, new, my new theology about, about work. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so... Whereas in the past, especially when I left school and decided to work on the church staff, I had a perspective about work that was a bit unbalanced um, and equally, not only about work, maybe about education and, and you know, think, topics along those lines where I tended to compartmentalize even the Christian life. Um, okay. It, it it was almost like you have the Christian life here, and then you have work there. Hmm. But that has changed, especially I was sharing with uh, students of the School of Mission uh, earlier this week on Monday. I had a, a session with them, and I was sharing with them how you know the shift of even leaving the church staff and going to work in the corporate world helped me to really appreciate members of our churches mm-hmm. who hold jobs and are still committed and still giving their heart and their best. Yeah. Uh, prior to ha- holding a job, I could easily challenge people, oh, why didn't you show up for church? Or why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do that? Until I had a job myself. In terms of getting up in the morning in Lagos, city of 20 million plus, you're getting up 4 a.m. in the morning. The first thing on your mind is get ready, beat traffic, and uh, get to the office early, as early as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in the evening, everybody's trying to get back home in traffic. And between those two, Lots of deadlines at work. Uh, your boss has deadlines for you. And in between, you got to figure out how to be godly. In between, mm-hmm. figure out ways of sharing your faith. 
uh, even attend uh, church meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh boy, that shifted my paradigm. Yeah. And so I would say today, my perspective of work is no more compartmentalized in terms of this is the Christian life here and that's work there. But I picture work, especially for those who hold either uh, uh, a job out there in the corporate world or business and stuff like that. I picture work, number one, as your the space where you get to exhibit Christ, mm. the space where I would even say it's your mission field. Um, mm -hmm. But before going all into those practical aspects, the question about theology, uh, if I step back and look at Genesis, um, mm. I've always been struck by the fact that in Genesis 2, 5, I think verse 5, God basically asks Adam to tend the garden, to take care of the garden. And what amazes me and always have amazed me is that this was prior to the fall. Mm. Yeah. The fall came in chapter 3 of Genesis. But prior to sin being introduced, God had already given them a responsibility mm -hmm. to take care of the garden. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it takes away the drudgery that comes with the way work generally is perceived. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, there is drudgery. Yes, there is work to put in. Yes, there was even a curse after the sin. You're going to mm -hmm. work out. You're going to sweat. You're going to labor. But it's helpful to see that initially, God gave them work to do even prior to sin and the curse being introduced. That tells me mm -hmm. that work is intrinsically good. There is something good yeah. about work. Oh. And that tells me, uh, I, and, and, and coming back to working on the church staff and then stepping out to go back to school and get a corporate job, one of my attractions of wanting to even go get a corporate job. When I was doing that, people were asking me, you, you're an evangelist, you're an accomplished minister. Why, why are you leaving to go back to school? And then I ended up getting a job in the corporate. Why are you doing that? I was very attracted by somebody like the Apostle Paul, who despite being such a great man of God, an apostle, a spiritual godly man, he was a tent maker. Hmm. He had something he could do with his own hands. Mm. Um, and it appears that in Israel, men were required to learn a skill. Jesus learned the trade of his foster father, Joseph, as a stonemason or a carpenter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Paul was a turn maker. Uh, Peter was a fisherman. Mm. Um, so in the Jewish um, tradition or society, learning a trade, being able to do something with your hands or developing a skill. Our brother Lita, uh, now having written his exams, we will start practicing law. That's a profession right there. Mm -hmm. Being able to mm -hmm. do something, have a job, have a profession in that tradition and society Actually, I believe from my personal experience, it, it does something to your sense of fulfillment. Uh, 
when God created the world, he looked at it and he said it was good, right? Yeah. There, there's a sense of fulfillment and accomplishment uh, when a work is well done. And that applies mm -hmm. also to somebody who uh, is a church minister to, to view your vocation as a job and, and to be able to carry it out with that sense of responsibility, uh, dignity, mm. and fulfillment, where you're able to do your job, step back and look at it and say, yes, it's good. So there, there's something about our sense of fulfillment that is related to being able to do something, being able to carry out uh, a, a task, a profession. And I'm using God who created the world and steps back and says, it is good. Yeah. And he has, a, mm -hmm. he, he has a sigh of, 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 of relief and satisfaction yeah. in looking at what he has been able to do. And so that theology of work uh, uh, I find it very fulfilling and 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 also uh, godly and and I think that was God's intent from the start. I'll stop there for now. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, okay. Cool. So you said a lot. Um, we can. I want to go all the way back to the beginning. Um, and you said you used to compartmentalize between work and between Christianity. And so I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. What leads people to doing that? So what led you to doing that? Why do people feel the need to compartmentalize? That's a great point. Um, in my case, for example, I, I know, like I mentioned, I, I came from a very Catholic background. Mm. There was a time when I came very close to going to a Catholic seminary to become a priest. Mm -hmm. uh, what stopped me mainly from that was that I think deep down I wanted to have a family, get married, have children, and, yeah. and, and in, in the Catholic setting that wouldn't have been possible. Yeah. So I think that kind of practice um, yeah. is, is a practice that creates uh, what I'll call a lady clergy uh, approach to Christianity. Mm -hmm. Uh, we even for us within our family of churches, International Church of Christ, we, we don't wear the the gowns that the, the Catholic priests wear, but we found terminology to still create those two categories. We talk about people who are in the full time ministry, yeah, and we talk about yeah. uh, those who are lay leaders or yeah. non ministry staff, whereas mm -hmm. the word ministry, in in its originality. Uh, diakonia in Greek simply means service. And, yeah. and whoever uses his or her gifts, be it hospitality, be it generosity, be it speaking, whoever uses his or her gifts to serve practices ministry. Mm -hmm. But we found ways of still creating two compartments that those who yeah. dedicate their full time to the ministry, so they are in the full time ministry almost implying that we have part-time Christians because they don't give their full time to God. Yeah. Like we do know that there's nothing like part-time Christianity. You're a Christian at work. You're a Christian 24-7. And mm. so uh, we're all a, pre a royal priesthood. So I think there are some religious practices that have, they do have their roots right from the third century with Constantine 
and yeah. and, and, and and the birth of the Catholic Roman, uh, the Universal Catholic Church, Roman Catholic Church, where you started creating classes of Christians. You have the, mm. the clergy and you have the lady, and I think yeah. those 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 can be a big part of the root where oh these guys are really dedicated to God, and then you have the masses, and it's almost like those who have a job are like a second class kind of Christians, and those mm. who are able to have the privilege to dedicate their full time to serving the church seem to be like first class. So human beings always constantly find ways of trying to create, create classes. So we could find yeah. those roots in church history. Uh, we could find those roots in some forms of Christianity today. And I, and I guess that that probably those, a combination of those two probably influenced me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I think, that compartmentalization is what makes people look at work differently. Yeah. Right. It's, it is what makes people perceive work as the other thing that they have to do that's outside of their Christianity and not see it as part and parcel of their Christianity. Uh, and I think you mentioned a little bit, a little bit later in your the theology, theology around work is that th there was work before the fall, but now there's work after the fall. Uh, and so, so I think, you know, sometimes it's because there was work after the fall that we feel like this is all work is all fallen and it's not, it actually is uh, redeemable and redeemed uh, to a sense when we, especially as one who gets, who gets redeemed themselves. So, so what I wanted to ask you is, is on that idea is how do you, how does one help a person today who is saying, okay, I understand that my work and my Christianity is one, but man, work is hard. Like I have a, I have a boss who's not a Christian. My coworkers who are not Christian and I'm stuck in the workplace uh, and people want to do things that are maybe not safe. They want to say things that are unsavory. They want to gossip. How do I live in that tension of this is an incredibly crazy place for my heart and my soul and my mind, but I'm also called to be a Christian here. What a great question. Yeah. So there, 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 there are undertones of that question I would like to also address. Mm -hmm. So um, I can find myself trapped in a, in, in a you, you mentioned a, a, a boss that is not so friendly, uh, co-workers, colleagues. So my comment up front is I'm not obliged to stay in that environment. Mm -hmm. um, I can, I can, mm -hmm. I can look for a saner environment where my contribution is appreciated. Um, so I will not allow uh, a toxic work culture poison my view of God's plan for work. Yeah. So I like to, to differentiate that. Uh, but even that said, even in a great work culture, work is still challenging. Mm, yeah. And so... So in that case where, okay, we still have a, a healthy work culture, but we have deadlines. We have, I mean, as I'm talking to you right now, I have a six page paper I'm supposed to produce by tomorrow. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've mostly done research. I've maybe written almost like two pages and I still got four pages waiting for me. Right. Wow. Uh, so at that point it becomes more of, attitudinal what attitude do i choose to have towards yeah. the task i have in front of me i can choose to enjoy it 
and allow it to bring the best out of me. I can choose to have God's attitude towards work. Uh, mm -hmm. Or I can choose to look at it as a chore and a burden. Mm. Um, it's interesting that, that that you have you ask this question, and one of my first thoughts went to actually, I'm, I might share some links uh, that you might point people to, where yeah, I have also uh, have I've had such conversations around work yeah. uh, on previous conversations, which I might refer to, um, so that because it will require a lot more time to expand on it. Yeah, yeah, but but really. Uh, I just wanted to dis differentiate between a toxic work culture that I'm not obliged to stay there. Yeah. Maybe I, I'll need to stay there for a certain period of time, but I also need to have a plan to exit and find something better. Yeah. I, I was recently part of, I'm recently part of a group of brothers. We meet regularly to just spend some time, check on each other. We call it check-in sessions. Um, and we share mm -hmm. about how we're feeling, what's going on. And we, we listen, we empathize, and if anybody needs advice, we kind of like encourage and advise each other. And there was one of us who was sharing how he was almost developing, is it uh, post-traumatic PTSD, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, due to a lot of stress, uh, it felt like he was developing that because of his work environment, his boss, the pressure, it was so unhealthy. Mm. Uh, and after sharing that, it's interesting that he was already doing a series of interviews Immediately after the session, he called us like not even an hour later. He sent a message on our platform that some of the interviews came through and he found a new job. Oh, fantastic. And now he's yeah. on this new job. And the last time we spent time together a week plus ago, he said, honestly, he's changed his mind. The environment in which he's working now is so sane and much better. He doesn't think he has PTSD. Oh. <laughs> so just a change <laughs> yeah. of environment. He's feeling way better. He's feeling, uh, you know, so I'm just trying to say, let's di differentiate that yeah. with what, what work is supposed to be. But then there will still be the challenging aspects of work. And we're going to have to choose the kind of attitude we, we bring into work. Mm -hmm. And so back to the theology of, of work, I would say there that having been created in God's image, we we are called to create. Yeah. We are called to co-create. Mm -hmm. And not working means not creating, not using our imagination, not using our God-given gifts. And that will be denying part of who we are. And mm -hmm. so when we exercise work, we are basically exercise, exercising the fact that we are image bearers of God. I just wanted to add that thought. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, it leads me to another question that I have. And so we spoke about toxic work culture and toxic workplaces. And I guess my question is connected to that. But I think part of the Christian culture is, and the culture of the world at large is that there's respect for some jobs and there's disrespect for other jobs. Mm. And so um, I think about, for instance, law, medicine, engineering, at least in South Africa, those are the degrees that you have to get. That's pretty good. Yeah, and maybe accounting as well and anything outside of that, really, you're not doing much with your life. And so I guess as Christianity, as seeing work 
as something that is intrinsically good, meaning that any person who uses their creativity or their um, their gifts to work um, is then bearing the image of God. I guess, how do we shift the mindset as Christians to not like create classes of jobs? Like you said, people create classes. And so how do we avoid that mindset within church or what can lead people to do that? Yeah, that's an excellent question. It it leads me directly to what Paul was recommending in Colossians when he said, mm -hmm. whatever you do, right? Mm -hmm. Work at it with all of your heart. Mm -hmm. So it brings us back to attitude. So, and in context, Paul is even talking to a society where you had masters and slaves. Yeah. In fact, the Colossian church is the church where uh, we had the story of Philemon, who mm -hmm. used to be a slave owner. And one of the brothers who got converted in prison was sent back to him. And that's what the book of Philemon is about. Um, and Paul is basically trying to tell Philemon, he left you as a slave, but he's coming back to you as your brother. Yeah. And so there's a change in status right there. There's a change in relationship right there. And so I really love Paul's exhortation there in uh, chapter 3 when he says, mm -hmm. whatever you do, verse 23, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. So there's an attitude of my first boss is God himself. Yeah. And then I have my human yeah. bosses. Hmm. So there's an attitude of what does God say? And then the humans can come after that. No. Mm -hmm. And if you look at scripture, you find all kinds of paradigm shifting uh, examples. Jesus telling the disciples, I'm your master and rightfully so. But if I'm the one serving you and washing your feet, you should be able to do that for one another. Yeah, and whoever wants to be the first must be your slave, must be your servant, yeah. and so that's where the whole concept of servant leadership comes from. Yeah, uh, and that completely reverses the world order of things, right? Yeah. So I think I think what I'll say to you to your question is let's develop a godly paradigm and perspective yeah. about work, and not allow ourselves to be subjected to the way the world presents work. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's that's powerful because it it leans yeah. back into yeah. that idea of being image bearers. That if we perceive our you know co our brother or our sister as an image bearer, uh, then it doesn't really matter what they do. It's actually th their work is part of their image bearing, and that's to be celebrated, uh, not to be looked. Oh, up. that is yeah. so profound. That's so profound because what you're saying here is the world tends to. I live in Nigeria, right? In the mm. culture here, when you ask somebody to introduce themselves, they rarely will, many people will rarely just tell them, tell you their name. You'll hear mm. things like, I am engineer this, I am mm. doctor this, yeah. I am, and that tells you how the world, you know, the, you, the, the, the world teaches us to link our profession with our value. Yeah. But the Bible teaches us that our value comes from sonship mm. and not necessarily 
whatever title comes in front of your name. Yeah. So I really love your comment. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that it's profound. And I think, I think mm. um, I'm quickly becoming aware that we're not going to touch on the money. So I'm going to keep diving deeper into this idea of work and we'll have to have you back on to, <laughs> to, uh, to, to cover uh, uh, money. Yeah. But, but I think, I think what I'm, what I'm appreciating is that it is a paradigm shift. It is a new way of viewing, work for ourselves, work for one another, uh, work within the, the Christian content, the context. But the question I want to ask is, okay, so we, we, we agree, work is from God, it's good, it can be hard, there can be toxic environments, all that good stuff. Um, what is then to be said for me, because you mentioned the word earlier, and I thought I should bring it back up again, that work is your mission field, right? Mm. This is work is the place where uh, you are to come with yourself as a Christian to be able to draw others in. So how how then do I navigate that space as a Christian? What do I, are there practices, is there ways of thinking, mm. practices to think about, but that mm. even with that passage in Colossians 23, that now my colleagues see this and how do I then use it as a platform to love and reach out to other people? Yeah, great question. Great question. I'll just put some, a few disclaimers up front. So work mm. is not where you go distributing invitation cards for people to come to church. Okay. That's interesting already. <laughs> yeah, that's a no-no. Yeah. That's a no-no no. yeah. from my experience. Yeah. Um, work is where, as an image bearer, you display, it's almost like a showcasing of the character of Christ. Mm. And giving people maybe the opportunity, as Peter will put it, I think it's in 1 Peter 3, that we should always be ready to tell people, you know, always be prepared to give an answer mm. to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Yeah. So by the time we, we, we're displaying gentleness, we're displaying uh, integrity, we're displaying humility in different mm. work settings. Uh, I had a situation recently, just a few days ago, um, with on, on a WhatsApp group with my neighbors. I've been living in this uh, block of apartments for the past almost five years. And a, a neighbor said something and and kind of like singled me out with another neighbor. And, and in my response, I was like, how come you singled both of us out to talk about this? Then it led to a conversation where I mentioned something about faith. And then I went on to share about how I survived cancer. And how my faith helps me. And then yeah. you're like, whoa, we didn't know this about you, that you survived cancer. And then one of them was like, I never, I never knew this about you. But all I know is that I've always known that you're different. Mm, yeah. And once he mentioned that, for me, I saw an open door for me to start sharing more about mm. why I am the way I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so in terms uh, of work being a mission field, hmm. what's authentic? Number one, yeah. you will not be you will not you'll be cheating on your employer's time if you spend most of that, that time trying to get your colleagues to study the Bible or to convert them. Yeah. Focus hmm. on doing your job, excel on your job, but let your character, let who you are transpire in the midst of doing your job 
And then the opportunities will come where God will open doors for you to share why you are the way you are, just like the scripture in First Peter, which I read earlier. And then that comes, that becomes an opportunity to now do what we normally love to do, which is evangelize and share our faith. That for me is a healthy way to earn the respect of your colleagues, earn the mm -hmm. respect of your employers, and look out for open doors where you can yeah. share your faith. That's what I'll, I'll, I'll really recommend from personal experience. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'd love to dive deeper into that. Um, so we, because we are in an evangelical culture as Christians, yeah, the dominant belief at least where I'm from, is that um, work is the chance to evangelize. And so you evangelize wherever God has put you, and then work is the thing that comes secondary to it. And so what you are saying is that that's actually a shift because work is intrinsically good and you go to work, um, and it's the thing that God has allowed you to do and express who he is, then the doors will open. Um, and so how do we shift that perspective like how do you tell the person my age for instance who is about to go into their first job that actually it's not the place for you to bring your neighbor day the cards invite people out rather like exhibit who god is like how do you do that i guess more practically rather than just it be the thoughts and theology yeah so I'm I'm basically sharing something of experience. So when I when I moved from working on the church staff to, to mm. getting a corporate job, so something that happened to me was about a year into the job, mm -hmm. there was a great awareness. Uh, I just realized one day I was telling my wife, "Wow, it looks like my my, my whole life is getting up at four a.m., rushing to work, spending the whole time working, then getting into the car and driving back home." That's all I've been doing for the past one year plus. Weekends, I'm tired. And I'm like, mm. when did I get to share my faith? Yeah. So in that situation, we started looking for creative ways. Mm. So the idea that came to us was, we would like to get our colleagues to come to a setting outside work where we get the opportunity to share our faith. Yeah. So it led us to looking for, we found uh, in Nigeria, we call it eateries or like restaurants. It could be a McDonald's, it could be different. Mm. And this particular place had like a meeting room. Uh, we negotiated with them and said, look, we'd like to use your meeting room. Uh, rather than pay for the room, we're committing that well, each time we come, we'll have at least this number of people will buy food. Yeah. And in negotiating, we ended up with a really small sum that we had to pay upfront. Most of it was they want they they wanted us to just commit to buy food yeah. and then use the meeting room. Yeah. And so what happened from there on is it was a really nice place, good AC, because we're like we want our colleagues to come to a place where they feel relaxed after work. And, yeah. Uh, and so we with that we're able to merge work and. An, an, an evangelistic lifestyle. Yeah. In fact, we'll tell our colleagues that when you come, and when they come, we'll play games and then we'll do something around the Bible. And then often, most of them will drive home 
when traffic is already pretty low because while there was a lot of traffic, they were caught, they were with us. And when they were leaving out to drive home, the next day we meet in the office, we're like, how was it driving home? They were like, no, it was free, it was smooth. So they used their time that evening, getting to know new people, making friends, learning some great values around the Bible. And they had a smooth ride home. Mm -hmm. So I'm just sharing this as a practical, something, something practical that I've experienced that really helped me to merge those two. Um, yeah. So, so the, the word there is creativity. Mm -hmm. To find creative ways of doing that. It's not just one style of doing it. Yeah. But once we, 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 we understand and agree that work is intrinsically good, and yeah. that it, it's a platform to exhibit God and God's character, then evangelism fits in really well. Okay. It's not a competition between my work and reaching out to people. It's integrated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a that's a beautiful image. And I think it's it's a beautiful image because it gives what this conversation has done for me is it gives work its correct dignity, but it gives workers their correct dignity. And it helps us to come back yeah. to being image bearers and that it's actually the image that I'm bearing that's of importance. Uh, and as I bear that image, I will come up with creative ways, whether it is an eatery after work or it's a, a, a you know lunch at my house, dinner at my house on Saturday, game night, what have you. But we'll think about these ways to help shine light into people's lives that are around us. And I, uh, I'm really grateful, uh, Gilbert, for your for your yeah. time. I know we have to bring this in for a landing, uh, and I can tell you just just because I know I'm keen for this conversation to go on for at least three more hours. Uh, that we will have to have you back on to talk to talk about uh, more things and certainly mm -hmm. uh, money being one of them. Uh, but Gilbert, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for uh, your your wisdom and your your learnedness and sharing that with us. Um, and we love to end the podcast with giving uh, the the guest the final word. Um, so if you could give uh, people who are listening to this podcast one piece of advice to help them to thrive in life as well as in their faith, particularly around the topic of work, uh, what would that be? I'm going to borrow from the words of a dear friend with whom I've also had conversations like this. The link I was mentioning, I've had it with her, Dr. Diane Devries. One of her favorite words or expressions is blossom wherever God plants you. Hmm. Wherever God plants you in your workspace, blossom. Find ways of blossoming there. It starts with yeah. the renewal of the mind. And uh, we've had this paradigm shifting conversation here about shifting from the way we view work to the way God views work. And I like what you mm. kept reiterating, Remo, to be to redeem work in a way, to redeem God's vision and plan. Yeah. For so that renewal of the mind is important. And then run with it and have God lead us and find creative ways of living it out. Those were my last comments. Amen. What's up, everybody? So we're back with something a little new. Rima and I have decided that we're going to try and reflect on the interviews that we do um, just to like help you help people get grounded in the thoughts that have maybe been shared and then hopefully the reflection helps you 
um, yeah, like reflect on the thoughts, situate yourselves in the episode, maybe go back to something that you didn't really catch the first time. And so we hope it's helpful. If it's not helpful, please tell us that it's not helpful so that we're not wasting your time and our time. Exactly. But it, and if it is good, let us know. Um, let us know if you like it, but you want us to do it a little bit differently. And so Remo and I um, have just interviewed Gilbert Gemeng about work. Um, and he said a lot. Um, he did. Like, he definitely said a lot. And so we're going to try and touch on some of the main stuff that um, hit Remo and I. And I guess for me, um, and you can weigh in here, Remo, but like the starting point is that to see work as something that is intrinsically good. Mm. Um, he links us back to Genesis and he says that actually work existed in the world before the fall. Yeah. And so God saw it as something that is good. And so and you said the language that you used in the interviews that we, we kind of need to like redeem what work actually is. And so I don't know in what ways that hit you. Yeah, I think so. So for me, I think it was the idea that um, he, he and he, it's so weird, but people would have listened to the episode, so I can talk like this. But when yeah. he mentioned this idea of work being good, he, he put on the backdrop of previously not seeing work that way. And I think it's a trap that mm -hmm. particularly being in ministry can lead me into, like just viewing people's yeah. jobs as an obstacle to what it is we're trying to do in the ministry. Because yeah. student ministry is easy, right? Like people, we reach out on campus, you have a lot of free time, but nine to fives, very different game. Uh, and you, you, you yeah. have to minister very differently. So I think it's realizing that no, work is part of the good creation of God, Um struck me because I was like, even then how I mentor, how I lead ministry, how I perceive other people's work. Mm -hmm. I can almost perceive mm -hmm. my work, and I think we touched on this, as better than, right? Because yeah. I'm in the ministry. I'm doing God's work, right? Whereas everybody else is just doing Joe's work or the capitalist economy's work. Um, and so I think that idea of redeeming work was to redeem my own work and my own mindset around work, but then also redeem other people's work for me that I see that lawyers and doctors and teachers and, you know, you name them, I mean, business owners, all of that is actually good, healthy, and in, in its right place because God created work that way. Yeah, um, it's interesting because that was a shift for me as well. And we spoke about how we tend to like, he said human beings love status. And so they love to like have things that are above other things. And so Christianity, tend, we tend to look at jobs like that. And so mm -hmm. I think one, what we spoke about is there are jobs that are better than others in yeah. the interview but and then as the interview went on i also think that we look at some jobs that take you towards god and some jobs that take you like away so there are yeah. some jobs that are more holy than other jobs um and he's saying that his response to that was we kind of need to like have a christian view of work a godly view of work and yeah. then he took us to colossians and you will have listened to the episode um where he said we need to work at the things we do with all of our hearts as if working for the Lord instead of as the approval for humans, yeah. which again was a big hit because I've never had that scripture used in that way, but like the way that we view jobs and people's jobs can be redeemed as well. Yeah. 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 I loved it because what he was, was attached to that idea for me was when he said, you don't go to work to reach out to people. Yeah, like you don't go out because you. I think he used the word like you're abusing the people's work, like money, or you you're uh, wasting your boss's your time, something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, but I, but I think 
that passage all of a sudden I was like, wait, it's the work that will show people who God is. Not my yeah. card, not my bring your neighbor day idea, but actually mm. do this guy. And I've believed that for campus ministry, but I don't think I've transferred that into, because I always, I, and I still say it to this day, um, I'm the type of minister who wants you to pass because who's going to listen to a guy who's failing yeah. his classes, right? But now all of a sudden yeah. I'm like, wait, who's going to listen to the guy who's incompetent? No one. Like, like if yeah. you can't get your job done, then we don't, like you don't, you have no weight or ability to influence me. And so I thought that was beautiful to, to realize that my work being good, like work is good. That was one point, but my work being good, being of good quality is actually going to be what draws people towards me and allow me to influence them. Not, Hey, do you want to come to my church? Hey, do you want to come to my Bible talk? Hey, do you want to come to this Bible study with me? Um, I thought that was a pretty, uh, pretty powerful point. So I definitely think, and I said, I think I said this on the pod. Maybe I didn't. Uh, but I think learning to, I'm leading more and more young people who are entering into the workspace now. Uh, and realizing, man, we have to do a lot of teaching around this a different theology of work. And then for me to think through ministry very differently because we have a different theology of work. Yeah. Um, and it, again, it went into the theology of work for me as well. And like, I guess the way that we see evangelism, mm. um, like you said, work is the obstacle to evangelism. Um, but really, you can sort of let God's character shine through. Mm. Um, and like you said, you're the minister who wants people to pass or like do the job well. Yeah. Um, and I think through how you perform, if work is intrinsically good, then a person who sees that like can show others that God is intrinsically good as well. Because yeah. I guess work is part of God's created order of things. And then he spoke about it, which I thought was a really beautiful illustration, like the story of creation and how God like works to create the universe. And then right at the end, he takes a deep breath. Mm. Um, and so for me, what that said is that because we used to think like good, good, very good. But the scripture, when it looks at it, it said it, God looked at like all of creation working together. Mm. And that's the thing that was very good and that allowed him to rest. Yeah. And not the fact that like, oh, now all of a sudden humans exist. And so I think like the completion of like your story and your creation, like you said, is you need to work. Yeah. Um, And then. I guess this is the creativity in evangelism idea that he brought up. Yeah, no, it is. And, and dude, I think that's the, that's the thing I'm realizing, particularly as the world changes its natural perspective towards Christianity. I think yeah. there is an opportunity in how we work, who it is that we are at work that creates opportunities if we are creative i use the word god will open doors but if we're creative in how we draw people into our lives and into the life that we live because of christ um and so i think that that for me if, if you ask me what are you practically taking away is i want to go back to the guys that i help mentor who are in workspaces and we mm -hmm. talk about hey who are you praying for for at work and how are you going to reach out to them but as actually saying let's be let's let's be intentional about being good at work so that we can be creating yeah, yeah. evangelism and that our evangelism can actually make an impact uh, as they as they go about their days and that as I go about trying to serve uh, serve and, and equip them to do so well. Yeah. Um, I feel like that feels like a good place to end the reflection. And cool. so, again, please let us know if it helped. Let us know if it didn't. And again, if you need to go back, I feel like I'm going to listen to Gilbert's episode a lot. Yeah. So... It definitely helped me. We hope that it helps you. Yeah, I'll um, just add this. Thank you for listening. 
I'll add this two cents. If you see him around, if he ends up in your church somehow in the next couple of months, tell him to go back on the podcast because we're going to definitely have to have him back. So yeah, be those people. Yeah, we need him back. All right. Peace, everybody. Thank you for listening. For more thought-provoking conversations, subscribe to the Rima Klale Life and Faith Podcast. Please like, review, and share so that we can continue to help others thrive in their life as well as in their faith.